1: All right, it is time to boogie. Welcome to the show. John Scholes here. Mackenzie Irwin joining us today from Sam Furu to Markin LLP. Uh, Mackenzie's got all your answers. Don't ask me. I'm going to pass it right along to her anyway. But you can ask me, but she's going to answer it. So your opportunity is here to uh, call us on air. Be that third voice. Get on air with us. Ask your questions. You have uh, something troubling you at work. Your workplace rights, employment life, bring it on. Just under an hour to uh, to cover all of it. And beyond that, Mackenzie and her team always waiting to, uh, to talk to you. And inviting those phone calls any other time of the week, that's uh, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and the website that was constructed just for the sole purpose of making you smarter. And giving you an idea as well, a very accurate idea of what you could be owed if it comes to the time where you're looking at some severance and that uh, part of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the severance calculator free anonymous it's right there it takes about 30 seconds to put in some uh, some anonymous information and boom at the bottom you got a you got a number of what it should be not what they've offered you which will be a uh, measly sum of what you're actually owed so again pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for the Severance calculator, but yeah, the lines are open. Guys, bring it on. would love to talk to you. 416-870-6400. The main topic this morning, red flags that you've been wrongfully dismissed. We'll work our way through those. Mackenzie, we always start off, pal, with a, a case of the day or week. There was something you've got uh, you've got cooking. What do you got today?
2: Yeah, I've, I've been noticing recently that I'm getting a major influx of people that are calling me because they've been let go either – just after they've told their employer that they want to take a paternity leave or just after they've started their paternity leave. And so I don't know what the influx is, but I thought it's important to address, you know, what are your rights when you're um, either informing your employer that you want to take a paternity leave or you're already on that paternity leave? So obviously in Ontario, mothers and fathers, they have a right to take a parental leave. That is a statutorily job protected leave. What that means is that your company must return you to your position at the end of your leave unless your job no longer exists. And if your job no longer exists, then your employer actually has an obligation to offer you an equivalent position at a at the same previous pay rate that you had. So if, if they don't or they refuse to do this, that's discrimination and it's also a a violation of the Employment Standards Act. So what people don't often realize is that your employer actually cannot let you go because you told them that you intend to take a paternity leave. So that's what we call reprisal. It's also discrimination and it exposes the employer to significant damages. For some reason, I don't know why, but I'm getting an influx of of people calling me, um, who you know they've they they tell their employer that of their intention to take this uh, uh, parental leave, and their employers finding a way to let them go before they start that parental leave. Uh, it, it's it's in uh, in particular, I'm finding a lot of um, men are calling in right when they are telling their employer of their intention to take a paternity leave. It's, it's interesting because, well, first of all, I feel like there's a little bit of a taboo around men taking their parental leave, even though it's something that they have a legal obligation to. Same as mothers, fathers also have a legal right to take that uh, that parental leave. Um, it's something that, that obviously the province really values, Canada really values, and for some reason, there's a taboo around men taking that parental leave. Now, to make matters worse that taboo is there for a reason and, and I'm getting an influx of calls from, from men who are um, getting let go from their employer either right after they tell their employer that they have this intention to take a parental leave or, um, or while they're already started that parental leave. And so uh, recently I had someone call me, he was in his early 30s, uh, he's working as a manager in, in an accounting department Um, and he was working there for just over two years. Now, he was a top performer, and he was promoted twice in that short time uh, and obviously quite valued by the company if you're promoting this person two times in in two years. He he had his second child in November and planned to take a parental leave starting in, in March. He wanted to give his company you know, sufficient notice of, of, of this parental leave so that they could have enough time to make the necessary arrangements to cover for him while he's off. Uh, and he actually, he told his supervisor just after they returned from the holidays. The next week, his company terminated his employment. And the reason for termination that he was given was that the company was restructuring and they were doing all these cost-cutting measures um, and and it had nothing to do with with his uh, his upcoming paternity leave. They offered him four weeks of pay in exchange for him to sign a release. To make matters worse for this individual, as a manager, just before the holidays, he was instructed by his supervisor to take a look at his team and kind of analyze and identify anyone that he thought might be a candidate to be terminated as part of this company's cost-cutting measures. So... It was a little bit strange that you know before he told his employer that he wanted to take this paternity leave they were you know off they were telling him to look at his team for the cost cutting measures which really kind of indicates to him that you know if if the cost cutting measures were to be implemented his job was safe because he was the one who was supposed to identify who the company should be letting go now I think what's really important here is that the courts really recognize that it's a major faux pas to terminate an employee either just before or during a parental leave. Why? Because in that, that, that individual, they can't really look for new work when they're a new parent, they're supposed to be enjoying yep. their time off with their new baby. They're supposed to be taking time with their, with their family. Uh, and so terminating someone just before their, before, or during that parental leave um, or even when you've just returned from a parental leave is a factor that the courts will look at that warrants an award of, of additional severance, longer severance period. So not only is this individual um, owed significantly more than the four weeks that they offered him, but he's also owed additional damages for the violation of his human rights, uh, that discrimination. And the courts are, are the employers really exposing themselves to additional damages. Um, for that breach of the Employment Standards Act, so certainly something that I find is is popping up more and more recently, um, and something that I wanted to kind of cover and go over with uh, with our listeners because you know the second you tell your employer about your intentions to take either a maternity or a paternity leave. Um, Certain protections kind of kick into gear, yeah. and your employer can't all of a sudden turn around and terminate you, um, trying to get rid of you so that they don't have to go go through um, coverage of of a of a parental leave. That's reprisal. And uh, not in addition to the discrimination and the violation of the Employment Standards Act. And it's it's just a major faux pas that that I'm seeing companies do more and more lately. And and I'm you know, I'm really not understanding why it's um it's something that should be celebrated. You know, you're you want to encourage your employees to take that time off with their families. And that's why our our um, our legislation really values it and it's it's a job protected leave so it's very interesting
1: yeah I, th- I think a lot of it with employers is they're looking down the road of 18 possibly 18 months and, and they just think it's too much for them to bear and they're not doing it i mean it and it it's 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 wonderful here in you know that we have that uh that amazing length of leave i know i, I have nieces i mean i'm my generation is too old to be having kids now. We all are, are, are kids and cousins and stuff, and, and their nieces are, are out having, uh, starting to have kids now. And 18 months is fantastic on this side. We've got relatives on uh, state side who it's like, you know, you're in the hospital, you have a kid, it's like, okay, swipe wipe the sweat off her brow, give her a cup of Tylenol, out to work, <laughs> off you go. Like it's insane. Like it's, they have no time down there. So I think a lot of employers here are looking down at 18 months going, man, I can't handle this. But, to, to that point, I mean, when you're off, they have the right, of course, to run a business and hire somebody to replace you if you're off in that leave. And unlike a disability leave, when you come back where you may not necessarily get the same job, when you come back from a parental leave, you have to have the same job that you had when you left, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. That's why those temporary workers um, to fill the void, fill the time while that employee is off, or it's such an important part of, of our industry, But employers really need to recognize that you can't permanently replace that employee while they're off. They do have a right to come back to that same job when they're ready to come back.
1: Good stuff. Good opening salvo, my friend. We'll take a a short break. We had a call, but uh, don't know where it went. Come on back. we got lots of time now to, uh, to get into it deep, and we'll get into red flags that you've been wrongfully dismissed. That's on the way here with McKenzie, the Saturday morning edition. Employment Law Show continues. Stick with us.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: You betcha. Mackenzie Irwin here from Sanfiru to Mark and reach out to Mackenzie anytime. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Phone number one 2, 1, 5, and again, as I mentioned off the top, you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Much learning to be done on the website. Even before the phone call, go to that website. Plus, you'll have access to the severance calculator which is unbelievably handy whether you're actually looking at a severance offer or just thinking, yeah, you know what? If I ever got booted out of here, what would I be looking at for severance? Because everyone tells me it's a week per year. No, that's uh, that's incorrect. Simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for that uh, that severance calculator, and uh, we'll try to get some email a little longer, uh, a little later on the show. But there are no dumb questions about your employment. Bring it on. Don't want them to remain, you know, ignorant on this whole topic because it can cost you, and literally, I mean, cost you thousands of dollars for uh, taking the wrong step. But Mackenzie, red flags. You've been wrongfully dismissed. Here- we go number one your employer has given you a very tight deadline to accept what does that mean
2: yeah this is probably the number one bullying tactic used by employers to get their employees to accept a low ball severance offer that should be a number one red flag i can't tell you the number of people who call me in a panic saying you know they've given me until friday to sign it back and i really got to speak to you so urgent it's uh, and and it's, it causes that panic. It, causes, it that, causes that stress in the employee that now you're on the panic, you've got to accept this offer. So if your employer gives you your severance package telling you that you know, it's in, cor- in accordance with the law or with your contract, and they give you a couple of days or a week to accept it, otherwise it's off the table. That is just a, it's, sim- it's simple. It's a high pressure sales tactic that's unfortunately quite successful at getting employees to sign off on a bad offer. So you really got to sit and think to yourself, okay, if this is such a great offer, why is my employer in such a hurry to have (laughs) me accept it? (laughs) Why doesn't my employer want me to go and, you know, take it home, uh, give me time to take it home, review it, Talk to my family about it. Maybe even have it reviewed by empl- an employment lawyer. Why? They don't want you to do that because it's probably not what you're actually owed. And so, one simple tool tool is as, as we as we've been mentioning is that severance pay calculator. You can go online, type in, um, you know, use the severance pay calculator, see if it's in the range of something that you you're actually owed, but. I think on top of that, I really just wanted to express to everyone that that, that deadline is really arbitrary. Um, you don't really need to pay any attention to the deadline that your employer has given you because you actually have up to two years to pursue your full severance. Employers do not want you to know that. Uh, they want you to think that this is a time-limited offer and it's so great and it's the kind of Um, It's that kind of take it or leave it approach to a termination that that should be a red flag to you or to anyone, you know, who's been terminated um, or let go recently. That should be that red flag that you've been wrongfully dismissed. You are likely owed more than what your employer is offering you. And you should take some time, ignore that deadline, take some time and have that uh, that severance package reviewed by an employment lawyer.
1: Yeah, time-sensitive deadline. We've heard that before. Usually it comes with a free set of steak knives. But uh, this case, uh, no, don't be in a hurry. Always reach out to Mackenzie and her team. Make that phone call. Go online. As she mentioned, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's where the severance calculator is. And that'll put that to bed pretty quickly, whether it's a proper offer, which we know 99.9% of the time, probably not going to be. Uh, as we go through here, guys, again, lots of time to make that phone call, 416-870-6400, live on air. We're ready for you. Okay, number two, red flag, here we go. Your severance package does not include your regular bonus or commissions that you earned or a whole myriad of other things that you had while you were working, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So your severance package, your employer has a legal obligation to that that severance package must include all forms of your compensation. And so that's not just your base salary. That includes your bonus, any commissions that you earned, any benefits that you had, whether you had a pension or RRSP contribution with the company, all of those forms of compensation that you earned during your employment must be included in your severance package. And so oftentimes and and countless times employers will only offer you your base salary in that severance package they skip over everything else all those other important forms of your of your compensation and so for many people that bonus or that commission though that makes up a substantial part of your overall compensation your base salary sometimes isn't really the main Uh, meat and potatoes of your income. You have your base salary, but where you make most of your income is through those bonuses or through those commissions. And so these should also make up a substantial portion of your severance package. And so it's an interesting cost-cutting measure that, um, or I would say cost-cutting mistake, that I see employers make all the time. Um, they terminate their employee and and oftentimes just before they have to pay out either a big bonus or a big commission payment. They do this to avoid having to pay that employee, but ultimately they're really uh, shooting themselves in the foot because once that employee realizes that they're entitled to that commission payment, that bonus, um, the employer the employer, not only ends up paying them that commission or bonus, but they're also exposing themselves to additional damages. Um, so I actually had a client recently whose uh, employer got wind that she had closed a major deal uh, and they were going to need to pay out, I, I believe it was somewhere in the range of 30,000 in commissions on Damn. that major deal. And so they terminated her a couple weeks later and they were claiming that it was with because they were termi- if she was a, a new employee and because it was w- within her probationary period they didn't know her anything and they were refusing to pay that uh major commission that was owed um i was able to help her not only negotiate an increased severance package they initially only offered her one week they uh, mm-hmm. told her she wasn't entitled to anything, but here, we'll give you one week if you sign this uh, this release. But um, so I, I was able to negotiate that increased severance package for her, but her employer ended up ultimately paying her for the full commissions that she was owed. That was not only on that major deal that she had closed, but also on the other deals that that she had closed or had in the pipeline. So the reality is, those employers are not—they're—they're they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. They're not only exposing themselves to a wrongful dismissal claim, right. uh, where they ultimately end up paying that employee the commission or the bonus that they tried to avoid, but they're putting themselves at risk of having to pay those additional damages for playing hard ball with the employee um, in this termination. So. If, if you've been let go and your severance package does not include your bonus or commissions or your pension, your RRSP, whatever um, form of compensation that you regularly receive, that should be a major red flag to you that you've been wrongfully dismissed. Um, and you should you should really be speaking with an employment lawyer and, and having your options reviewed by an employment lawyer.
1: Going to discuss more of those red flags going forward here, but as always, phone calls top priority. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for taking the time. How are you, pal?
3: I'm excellent. Yourselves?
1: Beautiful. Love having you on air. What's uh, what's your concern?
3: Okay, so uh, the company that I was just previously with, uh, I was released from duties. They offered me a severance package. I was there for uh, 14 months. I was a salesman. I had a territory that I was giving. Uh, which was a geographical area. And um, I had signed a contract with them about getting my base salary and commissions in the area for which I worked. Um, After a couple of months, I noticed as I was visiting customers, which they really didn't give me a customer list, um, I noticed that other salesmen had been making sales into my area. I inquired about this, and they said, oh... Well, we'll look into it. This, of course, never happened. Um, I had sent them uh, an email to effect about what is with this. When are previous quotes going to end, and when do I? When would I take over? Of course, that went on deaf ears as well. Subsequently, they did not pay me for a lot of commissions that were in my area, and they just kept changing the rules. Every time I would inquire about it, we'd have meetings. They would come up with some. Excuse that. Well, it's the people that you know, or whatever the case may be. It and it was a farce. So, um, I mean, I documented a lot of stuff. Um, it came to the point where they wanted to sign a different contract because I said, "Well, how do I make my money in this area? You're not showing my true sales." So it ends up they want me to sign another contract, which was heavy on commissions and very little salary uh under duress i signed it uh again they didn't come good on any commissions uh subsequently at the end of all this when they asked me uh you know we're going to give you a package we're 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 done here i said no problem we'll meet uh the day that we're supposed to meet the president doesn't even show up for the meeting i was like you're gonna fire me and you don't even show up for my own firing (laughs) come on what's wrong here so anyway, it's, there's a whole bunch of the story. There was a lot of subterfuge going on, uh, very toxic work environment, high staff turnover. Um, I still have not seen a, uh, a proposal from them about my severance. And actually, they're trying to claw money back uh, to the tune of about $4,000 off my last paycheck. I don't know where to go.
2: So you're absolutely going to want, this is more than a, a conversation that we can have on, on the air. We don't have enough time to kind of get into the, the nitty gritty of it, but certainly worthwhile having a follow up call. But suffice it to say that you certainly are entitled to a termination letter with an offer of what, uh, what exactly what what the exact severance package is that they're offering you um and certainly it might be the case that they just need a letter from a lawyer to to get them to be the kick in the pants they need to to provide you with that letter but um th- again as I've, as we were just discussing your commissions are certainly should be included in your severance package so once we have that terminate that package we can make sure that It's covering all of the items that uh, of your compensation that you're entitled to throughout uh, in your to be included in your termination package.
3: Right. So, the other question I have is about um, human rights issues, uh, because I believe there is some that they violated.
2: Okay. uh, during,
3: During this. So, and again, it's such a, I mean, it's so consuming this whole thing. It's ridiculous what they've done. And they continue to do foolish things to actually make their case worse for them. But, um, I mean, I, I, I need to pursue this as much as I can. The human rights thing really bothers me, um, as well as the fact that really it's a toxic work environment. I don't wish to talk to them anymore. I've gone to counseling um, because this is, it's affected me huge. So I will definitely call. Uh,
1: the number I'm going to give it to you right now, John. As we uh, get into a, a quick break here, but appreciate the call for sure. You'll uh, be following up with Mackenzie. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one. 5,900, you can have the email as well to uh, double up on that. That's help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Appreciate the call, pal, and uh, look forward to Mackenzie and you guys chatting. We continue the Employment Law Show. Stick around.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: We are back at it. Mackenzie Irwin here, Sanfiru to Mark and LLP every week on air with uh, Mackenzie and other lawyers from the firm. But uh, the downtime of the show, you can always reach out to them and have a conversation and get some answers on your own. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred To do that, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, we're continuing our talk here shortly. Red flags that you've been wrongfully dismissed. We'll get back into that. But the phone calls always top priority. Mark, thanks for standing by momentarily, pal. How are you?
3: I'm all right, thanks. How are you?
1: Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind this morning?
3: I uh, appreciate you guys taking my call. I just had a um, question. We had a shift in uh, our variable rate compensation at work where it went from a semi-annual sort of payout structure to an annual payout structure, and I'm just curious if that's an okay thing to do.
2: Um, in terms of the payout structure, is it the same, like, did they change the percentage or did they change the amounts you're getting paid or is it just the timing of the payments
3: so it's just occurring now so we're not 100 percent sure whether the amounts will change because we're, we're just we haven't we haven't reached our first annual period yet and so you know i i listen to your show and i hear that maybe i should put something in writing if i'm not comfortable with it and i wasn't sure whether i have a case to stand on or not
2: yeah, I mean that's that is a great starting point. Certainly, um, if you're not sure on how this might affect your overall income or your overall pay, um, you're you're absolutely right. You're going to want to put something in writing, write an email, in an email to um, your HR or your manager if you don't have HR, um, expressing your concerns over this change and that you're not necessarily. Agreeing to those changes, um, but uh, it it seems like it might be the case where you kind of need to feel it out and put it on a, a you know work through it on a trial basis. You need to make sure it's very clear in your email that you're not accepting it um, and that you're you'd like to try it out. And if uh, and you know if you if if it turns out that this is certainly making a impact on your overall compensation. Uh, that you you know you you won't be accepting that change, and so that that's kind of um, as we were kind of discussing earlier. It's it's a major. It could be a major change. It could be a constructive dismissal if it's going to result in a major reduction in your overall compensation.
3: Okay, so if the compensation stayed the same but the timing changed, it's not really an issue. Is that correct?
2: it may not be um sure. and it, just as long as you're you know you're still receiving the same amount um annually um the timing of the payments may not be a substantial enough change the terms of your employment to result in a in a constructive dismissal but if there's anything else going on sometimes um you know a constructive dismissal isn't it doesn't necessarily need to be based on one factor um specifically, it could be a combination of factors that result in an overall change to your uh to the terms of your employment so you've got to be kind of cognizant of what other changes might be happening at the same time and if that uh, if there are other changes that are 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 also occurring um taken together, they may result in a constructive dismissal but Um, a change in the timing of the payment may not rise to that level of constructive dismissal without that uh, reduction in the overall amount. Perfect.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. So basically, uh, keep an eye on it, right? Because like you said, it, all, it all, I guess it all depends how it affects him individually. I mean, even if the amount's the same, but he's budgeted his entire life, you know, kids, you know, private school payments, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, and this thing's a major disruptor. Again, it's, you know, his workmate beside him, it may not affect him at all. So I guess you've got to really take it out for a spin and see how it's going to affect you, yeah?
2: yeah absolutely and so certainly if that's the case i mean this is a change that you don't necessarily need to be accepting Mm -hmm. and so you need to make it very clear in the correspondence to your employer that you know you're willing to kind of um proceed on a trial basis to see if that's actually the impact that results um but but you need to make it very clear that you're not accepting that change at this time
1: and as we uh, get more phone calls here, do the same thing. Ask some questions, get some answers. In between that, our red flags, you've been wrongfully dismissed. And that phone call uh, kind of slides nicely into our next one. That is your employer is making substantial changes to your employment. I guess, Mackenzie, we're talking anything from uh, pay structure to pay itself to vacation, work location, you know, hours of, of work, all that stuff as well, too. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And so, yeah, it works perfectly into this into this mm-hmm. red flag and and so it's it's great that Mark has reached out because that's exactly it that's what we're trying to get people to understand and and cue into with these with the this radio show and with these red flags is that okay if this is happening in my workplace i need to uh, there's something that should be a cue to you there's something i need to do i need to take action i need to um i need to speak with someone i need to figure out what i need to do what needs to happen so that i can protect my rights going forward and so absolutely if your employer is making substantial changes to your employment whether that is reducing your pay changing your commissions um like john was uh, our, our caller earlier was saying that um reassigning your ge- geographical sales region or um, assigning additional employees that is that are eating into your sales region. It could be a demotion, could be a cut to your hours. Um, these kinds of ch- substantial changes, and and it has to be substantial. So with Mark, we weren't really sure whether that's going to be a substantial change yet. But the change it can't be you know we're changing um, you know we're changing your hours very slightly and it has a nominal impact on you. It has to be a substantial change, but that could be a constructive dismissal and certainly something that you can treat that as a termination of your employment and pursue your severance. It's really important that if you think that you've been constructively dismissed, you think that your employer has made that substantial change to your employment, um, you need to reach out and run it and, and have it reviewed by an employment lawyer before you resign. And the reason for that is sometimes people think they might have, uh, their employer might have made that substantial change, but, the, but it's not quite there yet. Or um, an employment lawyer will be able to help you navigate it in, in the background to make sure that you're not resigning, because when you resign, you're not entitled to severance. They want to make sure that you're not resigning um, and giving up your rights before that constructive dismissal has taken place. So that change is substantial enough to warrant a constructive dismissal.
1: And with that, we'll get into a quick break. One more and lots more to go here on the show. We'll get to more of our red flags and we'll continue. This is the Employment Law Show. All right, back at it. Some time to go here. Just got a quick text in as well I want to uh, talk about here. Mackenzie, it's a good one. Says, uh, good morning, guys. As an employer of 30 or so employees, why is there never a lawyer show that can help us us do the right thing? It's always about the employee. Are we so bad? Tell me about that, Mackenzie. (laughs)
2: That's the whole point of this radio show. uh, This uh, this. Owner should certainly call in. Uh, we're here to help answer those questions that employ whether that's coming from an employee or an employer. I have, um, you know, I have many employer clients, um, and certainly not all employers are are that bad or are looking to do, um, you know, make these moves and and do these terminations in a malicious manner. They're not necessarily looking out for. Um, what exactly they're supposed to do. And so that's why there are many employment lawyers and, and many at my firm, including myself, who also assist employers, helping them navigate the uh employment law system and and make the right decisions when they are um dealing with their employees. So certainly there's there's many of us who who do want to help employers do the right thing. And um I, I certainly don't think that all employers are 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 so bad, or are really out to get get their employees. There are a few employers who, who are trying to, you know, cheat the system and, um, and use the system and, and the power imbalance to their benefit, but I certainly don't think that that's all employers. And many employers can, you know, I, I speak with many employers all the time, um, helping them navigate, uh, providing them advice on how to navigate terminations accommodating their their employees, or really any kind of workplace situation that comes up with your employees. um, It's it's really helpful for an an employer to have that employment lawyer on speed dial on hand, um, really there to help you navigate that system because um, it's if it was so easy, then um, then we'd be out of a job, there wouldn't be a lot of employment lawyers out there. But it is unfortunately, it can be a complicated system. Um and and certainly it's it's good to have an employment lawyer on hand to help you navigate it.
1: Like you said, there's uh, there's lots of good employers out there, tons of great employers that uh you know they they go by the rules, they, they they know the law and they're fair to their employees, just like there's a lot of employees out there that are absolute duds as well. We've we've all worked with some of them. So there you go. I mean, one of the, one of the major things I know we, we always tell employers listening to the show is, you know, if, if you're going to get some contracts ready for fresh employee, do not draft it yourself. Don't go to Google it because it could cost you dearly years from now. So again, tip of the hat to the employers who have actually called into the show or contacted you after the show, Mackenzie, to say, look, I've got some new people coming down. I, I need proper employment agreements. How do I get this sucker drafted? Or, you know, I've got to let go of a few employees. They've been great. I want to do right by them. Well, you know, how do I calculate proper severance? So yeah, for sure. We deal with employers all the time and there's lots of really great One's out there. We've had some on the air that are just absolute gems, and they just—they really, they really care about their employees. And you know, they—they've come on some sort of financial hard time, and they've—they've called in saying, "I don't want to, I don't want to screw this person. I want to make sure they're taken care of going forward." So. You know what exactly do I do? So yeah, for sure. If you if you're an employer and you ever have questions, feel free to call into the show. We'd love to love to get you on the air for that angle. But in between that, red flags. You've been wrongfully dismissed again. Even this topic is for employers who think, oh, I, I'm not doing the right thing. Maybe I should do that. So everybody looks out with these uh, these talking points for sure. And that is your employer refuses to accommodate your medical needs, even though you submitted a note or some uh, some documentation from your medical team, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's a perfect point in terms of what the topics that we cover on, on this show is, it's really for the benefit of both employees and employers. So this is a, a, a very key one in terms of what happens when you receive that medical note from one of your employees' doctors. And and you as an employer, you have a legal obligation to accommodate that employee's Uh, medical needs up to the point of undue hardship and certainly that uh, it it highlights that that medical note is so important it's really important not only for from the employees perspective but also from the employers perspective because it allows you to understand okay what is you know what's happening what are the needs that my employer my employee has what are those medical restrictions and how am I able to accommodate and and you know make slight changes to my employees position in order to make sure that they can continue working so it's of the benefit to both the employer and the employee to to have that medical note to understand what the restrictions are and it's it is a give and take situation it's not um, the employee demanding what ki- what kind or how to accommodate those specific medical needs. Um, both the employer and the em- employee need to work together on what is the best way for the employer to accommodate those medical needs. So once the employer receives a medical note, they really, you know, they have little choice in the matter. They have to take action. They have to make changes to accommodate those medical needs, and it's something that could be the, It could be as simple as, you know, limiting what kind of calls that one employee gets, and and it kind of brings to to my my mind a uh, a case that I I, I had recently where um, my client was his employer he had he had had knee surgery and he had some restrictions in terms of what he could do um while he was recovering from the knee surgery he could still work but right. he was just his medical notes said that he he had to avoid climbing up and down stairs and ladders mm-hmm. and this gentleman he was uh, a he worked in, for a repair service so he would go into people's homes um and help repair th- and and repair things in their homes and so really all that the employer needed to do was to make sure that they only assigned him calls where it was a, a bungalow or there was no need for him to go climbing up and down stairs or ladders. So by assign, that was a simple, it wasn't very hard for them to do. They just needed to make sure that they maybe took a little bit more time um, assigning these um these 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 assignments to him but they refused to do so they put him on a unpaid leave of absence they said nope sorry you have to be on a medical leave and um and ultimately what what that ended up being it's it was it was discrimination on the basis of his disability his knee injury um and we were able to get him um substantial severance as well as human rights damages so it, it's a two-way street. The employer and the employee need to work together on how to best accommodate those medical needs. It's not the employee dictating how it's how they want it done. It's not the employer dictating it, but certainly um, something that is very important for, and, and a huge red flag for an employee if, if your employer is refusing to accommodate those medical needs.
1: And with that, we're just about out of time. Jewel, I'm going to put you on hold. I know you're standing by the last moment there, but I'm going to give you the number to reach out to Mackenzie because we're up against the clock to ask your question or any other questions. That's for you as well. And thank you so much for tuning in this morning and making the effort to call in and email. Uh, your questions as well. Uh, Mackenzie, available, right? 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email you can go to anytime. And that website, finally, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Thank you so much again. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch you next time here on the Employment Law Show.